everyone. It's Sarah and Mel from Humankind Raising Good Humans on Little Rockers Radio. Did you know this week is Speech Pathology Week from the 19th to the 25th of August? And with communication obviously an important part of our children's development, we thought it would be a great idea to catch up with a speech pathologist and pick her brain a little bit. So today we're chatting to Emily from Speak About Speech Pathology. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. How are you girls? Speech development is something that a a lot of parents worry about with their children and it it obviously is very different uh, for every individual. Can you give us a bit of an overview on, I guess, the norm, I hate to say the norm, but a bit of an overview on what can be expected for what age for children in terms of their speech development? Sure, yeah. I completely understand that it's a part of everyday life for parents to worry And it's so normal for them to have concerns for their child every single moment. So that's exactly why I wanted to come on today to try and help parents put their minds at ease or answer any questions that they have. So obviously every child's unique, but there is a set of standards for what we would consider normal for children and for communication development. What I thought I would do, though, is just quickly chat um, about maybe speech therapy and speech pathologist, because often when people hear speech pathologist, speech therapist, they mean exactly the same thing. They often think we only work with speech like pronunciation, but there is actually a lot of little elements that all work together to make the big picture of communication and development. So when we're talking about communication development for children, We're talking about language, pronunciation, fluency, literacy, social skills, and feeding. So speech therapists work with all of these areas. Um, So we work with all of these areas and all of these areas are essential for development of communication. The first area that I mentioned, language, that's the bigger area that we would look at for child development. Basically, everybody needs language skills to hold any sort of interaction as a child or an adult. So you need to be able to understand what someone is saying to you and then you need to respond appropriately. So if you ask me a question, then I know how to answer that question. So when we're looking at children's development, language has two parts. It has receptive language and expressive language. So they're quite long terms. Let me break it down. So receptive language simply means understanding. That's all it means. Children need to be able to follow instructions such as pick up the ball, put your shoes on, put your hat on. They need to understand concepts such as top and bottom, tall and short, opposites. They need to understand how words go together. So saying, you know, a cow, a pig and a sheep, they're all animals or all of these items over here are transport. So that's the understanding part of language. There's also expressive language. So children need to be able to express themselves. Basically, it just means talking. So we're looking at with children the number number of words a child uses. So their sentences they're putting together, how many words they're putting in a sentence, their vocabulary, so the types of words that they're using, their memory, their grammar, words like he and she, her and him, and all putting it together in a conversation. So as children get older, they're expected to understand and say more. A general rule of thumb that I say to parents is that a child's age 
should correspond with how many instructions they understand and how many words they say. For example, if you had a one-year-old, they should be saying one word and understanding one basic instruction and following it. Um, if they are two years, then they need to put two words together and they need to be understanding two simple instructions. And if they're three, they need to be putting three words together in a sentence. So like, I want ball and understanding three simple, three simple parts of an instruction and the list goes up and up and up. I would say for being, as a, being a speech therapist, if I see a child who's two years of age, and then not putting two words together, that is a big red flag. So just to kind of give a little bit of direct input, I guess, um, if a child is not using simple, just simple words, nothing too hard, like more mum, milk, please, more apple, up, please. If they're not putting those sorts of two words together at two years of age, that's a red red flag and kind of a warning sign. I mean, a child at two also should have approximately 100 to 200 single words that they're using every day, like mummy, daddy, names of siblings, names of animals, more, milk, that sort of thing. I have a very detailed list of milestones for each age broken up on my website as well. So people are more than happy to, more than happy of people to have a look at them as well for each age one, two, three, four, and five, and then also into school years. Um, language is also really important for academic work in school. So once you get out of the preschool years, moving up into um, early primary and later primary, children need language skills to be able to write a story, so like a narrative um, or a text type. They also need language skills to be able to remember the letters and sounds for reading and spelling. It's so critical that children develop language skills early on because it impacts them through their life. Speech therapists work with children with, with literacy difficulties as well, which a lot of people don't realise. Um, and that's what my special passion is. My interest is working with the littlies who are in school and helping them achieve academically. So whether that's helping them reading, spelling, writing, hearing sounds, speech therapists all work with that area as well. And that puts it in a really basic way, doesn't it? So when they're one, they should be able to say one word. When they're two, two words, three, three words in, in connected in a row. Uh, you mentioned feeding. How interesting. Feeding links in with communication development. Basically from birth, your child sucking through whether they're breastfed or bottle fed, it's really important for oral motor or oral for oral muscle development. So the muscles of the face, the lips, the mouth, the tongue, the teeth, all of that is important for saying sounds. So um, likewise, when they start solids, when they start eating, the motions of chewing, biting, licking, that's all really important for oral muscle development too. Okay, so parents at home with young children from six months, one year, two years, three years, what can we do at home to help uh, encourage our children's speech development? I love that question. I love it when parents ask me because I'm like, there's so much that parents can do and there's so many easy things that you can incorporate into everyday activities. Basically, your child, in order for them to communicate, they need to understand cause and effect. So they need to understand that I do something and something happens. So if I say milk, mum can get me milk. 
Or if I look at somebody, then I'm getting their attention. So there's cause and effect. I do something, something happens. They also have to understand that there's a reason for communication. So like I said, cause and effect. Um, basically, you want to make communication part of your normal and everyday routine. It's not about adding on. Mums are so busy. It's not about adding on extra jobs or extra things for them to do. It's not about taking time out and sitting down at the table doing worksheets and trying to get them sitting still. It's basically about incorpor like incorporating communication in a fun way in your everyday routine as you're pushing the pram, as you're going grocery shopping, as you're picking up the kids from school, that's the best way to do it. Um, what I thought was some basics for parents to know that they can use with babies all the way through to basically starting school. Um, we have a set of techniques that parents can go online and research for the technical term, they're called language stimulation techniques. It's a bit of a mouthful, but that's if they want to look it up online. There are, but they're basically very simple strategies that parents can incorporate into everyday activities to help their child. I thought I'd just go through two just to give parents an idea and just some strategies. So one that I like to use is called choice questions. Basically, mums, parents, they know what their child wants. You know what your child wants because you're their parent and you can anticipate their needs. But that's sometimes not always the best if you're just giving them what they want and they're not having to communicate for it. So what you want to do is you want to create an opportunity for communication, say, at breakfast time. If you know that your child, you know that your child wants a banana, instead of just giving them a banana, you might hold up a banana and an apple and say, just say, apple or banana. Basically, what you're wanting them to do is to talk to say their choice. If they're not at a level of talking yet, you're just looking for any signs of communication, whether it's pointing, a babble, they're grunting, doing an action. It doesn't matter. You're just providing that opportunity for communication. And basically the reward is they get what they wanted. So if they say banana, then you give them a banana. Um, it's a really perfect model of, of communication and it just shows them that, that cause and effect. If I say something, I get something. Another strategy that is quite simple but is really easily forgotten is eye contact and just physically being at your child's level. So when you're holding a baby, say around six months of age, you'll see them looking into your eyes, which is great, join attention, but it's also they'll look at your lips and your mouth. And children need to be seeing your face. They need to be seeing your facial expression your and your mouth to learn how to talk. Um, you're modelling that the social skills that they need pretty much for life just in doing that one simple action um, and probably also helping your relationship with them because they'll feel heard and listened to. Um, we're also about to launch for Speech Pathology Week on the 25th of August. We're launching a little branch of Speak About. It's called Let's Talk Shop, which is an online educational shop for children and their parents to... Um, educate themselves on how to use toys um, to help their children's to, um, communication. So you've been a speech pathologist for uh, 10 years, I think you said. Have you seen a way, obviously the world has changed a lot over the past decade, um, even technologically more advanced, and that has an effect on children. Have you seen a change in the way our children's communication and language is developed based on these technological changes? 
Yes and no. I think that technology has its positives and it also has its negatives. What I say to parents is you take everything in moderation. So basically I would say it's okay for a child to watch um, an iPad or do an interactive app or watch um, the Wiggles on TV. I would say always to parents that human interaction can is never beaten. You can never beat it with an iPad or watching TV. So I would say that it, it's, it has its place. In terms of contributing to speech and language problems, I wouldn't say that there is a massive impact, direct link that we can say because there is so many other factors that we look at and we take into consideration with children that present with speech and language difficulties. Um, some parents come in and they say that I have done everything with my child. I read to my child every night. I talk to them all the time. I play with them every time. I limit screen time and their child still needs speech therapy. It's just sometimes the way that things go. Okay, so parents or carers at home with, say, little Johnny who's saying he's two years old and he's saying two words or one word or what have you, but they just feel that there's something not quite right, there is sort of um, a, a difficulty there or a delay there, how do they know, how do they find out and where do they go to get support? Do they go to their local doctor first or do they go direct to a speech pathologist? What do they do? Yeah, sure. Good question. Um, if parents are not, well, I generally say a lot of mums that come in, they have a gut feeling and whether they've had that gut feeling for two years, whether it's been something that's recent, I would say the best thing anybody can do is seek help as soon as they get that gut feeling. I would say generally a mother knows deep down and they can, they or they might be able to say, Something's not right, but I'm not sure what that is. But deep down they know, and I would just say early help is the key for your child. The sooner you access help, the sooner your child will improve and the sooner we can get them up to being where they need to be the same level as their peers. Um, I would say, I would like to mention that if a parent or a mother does feel that gut feeling or they're not sure if their child like generally if they look around at other parents at playgroup or preschool or just even if they are looking at different other siblings, they'll look and think, oh, they're not, they're not doing that. My other, that other child's doing that. Or, you know, they're not saying those words and the other child is saying those words. If they start to have any sort of thoughts like that, the first thing I would say is it's not a reflection on you as a parent. It's nothing that you could or you should have done Sometimes it just happens and sometimes as well there's just reasons that are out of your control. So things like if there was birth difficulties, feeding difficulties like we talked about before, if there's been any family history of any difficulties um, or any and sometimes even traumatic events can happen in a child's life. So say for example a traumatic event for a child might be a dog dying that they really love, things like that. So I would say don't blame yourself as a parent. And I think it's also important to know that if a child is diagnosed with a language difficulty or a speech difficulty, fluency or literacy difficulties, it doesn't directly correlate with IQ. So a lot of parents understandably are worried that if their child is labelled, they will not ever be able to achieve or overcome but that's not the case at all. Every child's different and they may have a different diagnosis, 
but there's no reason with the right help and early intervention why each, why each child cannot learn and improve in themselves. For all those reasons, I would say if a parent is concerned, contact a speech therapist, contact um, a clinic around you. Mel was telling me how her son would stutter when he was in, I think it was in primary school, he would stutter when he went through, it seemed like growth spurts. So he'd stutter for a a few weeks while he was going through a growth spurt and then he would stop for six months and then he would start, he would go through another growth spurt and he would start stuttering again. Is, what is that? Is that common? That is really normal. That is really common to hear a mum saying that. So, I mean, we talked at the start, we talked about language. That was one area that we work with. We always, we also work with fluency, which is known as if a child is not fluent, is stuttering. Um, for, for example, a stutter is a child saying, I want, I want, I want a ball. So typically children will stutter during development. Yes. When they're having a big vocabulary growth spurt or they're starting to make longer sentences. Um, so generally it's around that language development age of three, four and three and four, depending on how advanced they are or, or whatnot. It is a completely normal thing happen during development but only for a short period of time I would say the newest research coming out is saying it's normal for about three to four months off on and off that is um however I like all the latest research also shows that with children the older they're stuttering it can have a little bit of an impact on mental health so you know anxiety or self-esteem so generally you know, a couple of years ago, they would say to us, wait and see with a stutter. So you would say, come back in four months and then we'll start doing therapy. However, this year, they're now saying that we need to start therapy as soon as possible. If it's if it's prolonging the stutter staying there. Okay, so we've spoken about quite a few different things today and you've mentioned your website. The business is Speak About Speech Pathology. Where do parents and carers go if they want to find out more? www.speakaboutspeech.com. Red, I've also done a separate section on red flags and um, just general speech pathology information and what a speech therapist works on as well. I also mentioned that I've got Let's Talk Shop Australia. So that's www.letstalkshop.com.au. That's launching 25th of August and that includes heaps of free speech pathology tips to encourage communication when you're playing with your children. There's so much information there. You're an absolute wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us today. So just to confirm the web addresses we will share through our social media and website, etc., all on littlerockersradio.com.au. If you're wanting to find out more, speak about speech pathology, speakaboutspeech.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.